What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? No, it's a munter. That's what people think when they see me in the street. Hello there. Welcome to First Time Films. And now, the first thing you may notice is it's a new voice. I don't know who this is. Is that David Campbell putting on another voice? No, it's just what happens when you have a fake David Campbell. I'm Daniel Campbell. If you may remember me, which you probably won't, and I'm not going to be surprised, I was on the Star Wars livestream gauntlet that we did back in December. You can go see how well I did in that. I certainly don't have any PTSD from losing out to Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a question just for that. So, moving on from that swiftly, we're going to be here talking about uh, a film that's it was a very interesting thing because it didn't do well at the box office, yet it's gone on to have this following that everyone loves it. And it's a film that everyone just seems to always gravitate towards in some way. And it is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I'm filling in the typical Quackeraji role of this. Today was my first time watching the movie. So I'm the first time, first time film guy. You get the drill, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and I have a couple of folks here with me who are going to Listen as I awkwardly make my way through this episode, but hopefully it shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> Starting off, I have AJ Simmington. Hello. Yep. Hello. Happy How are you to be doing? back. Yep, good. Happy to not be watching the football. Of course, we should point out that the uh, the other Campbell is currently watching the footy. Hope you're enjoying it. Traitor. Exactly. Traitor. Traitor. How <laughs> and dare to, watch, you? to watch England as well. Yeah. What a waste. What a waste. What a waste of a Sunday afternoon. I mean, there are worse things you can do on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, I can think of better things, like watching yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, because that's what go. I did. Yep. It's a, it's a good plug there, I'm sure. Yep. And also with us, we have Aaron. Hello there, Aaron. Oh, how's it going? Ah, it's going not bad. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Just... Enjoying my Sunday afternoon not watching football. <laughs> you know it's a theme here on this episode. We don't seem to bother with yeah. the football much. So we're fine with that. So for anyone who's maybe not familiar with this, if this is your first time hearing it for hearing an episode of First Time Films, give us a wee follow. We're on Twitter at First Time Films One. And you can also find us on Instagram at first underscore time underscore films. Give us a follow. We appreciate it. Anyway, so I'm gonna Obviously, I don't know much about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I've only had one watch of it, and it was quite, it was interesting. That's the best way to summarise your first viewing of it, I suppose. But that was my first viewing, at least, so I'll go around you and see what you think. So, Aaron, I'll come to you first. What was your first impression when you watched this film? Uh, I liked it. I like um, it. It's a very fast-paced film, so it gets into the story really quickly, which I really like. I have a pretty low attention span when it comes to films, so anything that moves quickly through the story and you get to each girlfriend really quickly and the story moves, I, I loved it. I think the like concept is great. Um, and as you were saying, that it did badly at the box office. And I, I do believe that it was pretty underrated as a film. Um, I think there's lots of reasons for that. But I, I enjoy it. I think it's good fun um, and quite a happy film to watch. Yeah, quite easy as well. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was a unique watch in terms of, you know, there was always a moment every few moments that kind of, you know, gave you a laugh in some way, whether yeah. it was just something daft or like a throwaway gag here or there. Uh, AJ, what about yourself? What did you think? Well, this was like my a thousandth time watching it. I remember <laughs> seeing it for the first time in high school. And my first impression of it when you watch it is as a teenager, you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like Edgar Wright is like the way he directs things. It's like so fast paced and witty and satirical. So you're like, this is like no film I've ever seen before. Because it's a romantic comedy, but it's also an action film. But it's also a like comic superhero film. So you're like it's so interesting but now watching it like you start to pick it apart and it's like like you know that way where it's like one of your favorite films but you know it's problematic so it's taken like I don't know maybe five years of watching it to be like this is a really good film but it's now a guilty pleasure rather than just a genuine pleasure to watch yeah I, I, I can get that very easily it's it's one of these films that you know, I'm trying to think what's a guilty pleasure film of, like, that I've had that I've watched in the past. Um, 
because you know, it's a film that you you won't normally go around saying, "Yeah, I really like that movie." But then anytime it's on, you just sat down, just like, "Oh, when in Rome, I'll just watch this." Okay, mm-hmm. for definite. Yeah, like I mean, do you guys have any films like that? Just like you sat, like you wouldn't normally tell your pals you like it, but you're like, "Yeah, it's cool." Yeah, see that new film is out, Freaky. I, like it doesn't seem like my kind of film. And then I went and saw it just like perchance with some friends and it's actually the funniest thing I've I've seen in the last couple of years. And then mm-hmm. I'm and now I'm like, oh I don't really want to tell people this like it's a fifteen like <laughs> ch- cliquey horror is <laughs> is is a really good film, but it is a really good film. And I've actually been telling everyone to go watch it. So maybe that's not one of those because I have been telling everyone to go watch it, but only people um wouldn't be embarrassed in front of. Like I wouldn't tell any of the like film film people I know to go watch it. But like yeah. I'd say to my pals, you need to go see this because it's so funny. I just love teen like flicks and it's like a teen horror flick. It's so good. See, I have no shame in what I watch. I I can't really be in that boat with you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe like, I I don't really have any shame, but maybe like to all the boys I've loved before, maybe that. I wouldn't tell people I to watch that, but that's a good watch. The Kissing Booth. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that Netflix film that they put out like a few years back. Uh, They've made three of them now, but yes. Good God, what has happened? (laughs) Exactly. Shark Tale. Shark Tale. Wouldn't tell people to people to go oh, watch yeah. that. But I, I I watch it every single time it's on film four. Gotcha. I can I can give you a very sad fact, which is I actually had the video game to Shark Tale years ago, oh and uh, I there was like a level. This is actually quite cringe now that I'm. I've just remembered this in my head. Yeah, I'm it, pretty it. sure I it. couldn't. I'm pretty sure I couldn't get past level five. Uh, and worst things. Quick time dance level. Nah, worst things have happened to me. I'll tell you. David says that there, we've just the talk during this, so it doesn't even have to be about the film. So I'll tell you a quick story, right? Go so when I was like, I'm gonna say eleven, maximum twelve, I went down to England to visit my English cousins for Christmas. And as one of my Christmas presents, they gave me all their old Game Boy games. And this is the point where the um, the DS had just came out so mm-hmm. my parents had got me a DS for Christmas but it had the Game Boy slot so you could still play the Game Boy games right? and I yeah. still have it and I still play Game Boy games on it So, and they gave me all of the Harry Potter ones so like all seven books worth of the games like mm-hmm. back before the films were made so it was just based on the books oh. and I put the first one in Philosopher's Stone and played it and now I've, I've still got it and I still play it often but me as a 22 year old that was like 11 10 years ago have still not got past level 7 of the first one they gave me all 7 games and I'm still stuck on level 7 of the first one <laughs> because it's like these it's so hard it's meant to be for children it's like these little goblins coming at you and if they if they bite you three times you die and have to go back to the start and there's like no like level saving like you go right back to the start so it's like you have to be playing consistently for like five hours without dying to get to the next level and i'm like it's so hard because if these wee goblins bite you three times you have to die anyway that's my rant (laughs) (laughs) i mean like if it's a bite from a goblin i would understand the rant it's yeah, that, that would seem like a very legitimate thing yeah. to rant about. It's these little gold alien things. Anyway. Oh god. I know. No. You can watch the playthrough on YouTube. I've watched the playthrough on YouTube to try and see how to get past this level, but none of the playthroughs on YouTube tell you how to stop the wee goblins biting you. You just have to run really fast. So I've just not got the coordination. Yeah, that I would basically feel the same on that one. Uh, any. Well, we hear any video game rants for yourself, Erin? Um, oh, it's a similar note that Lara Croft for the PSP was all. <laughs> yeah. Lara Croft, and they, they did a PSP. Yeah, God, yeah. It's the only thing I played in that thing. It's great fun. I think I had, I think I had like maybe two games on a PSP, and it was a a PSP version of a WWE game, and this this is how like you know basic it was uh whatever wipeout game was out at the time uh, ah okay 
Hilariously, I still have my ex's PSP and I'm not giving it back. Keep it. Yeah. It's like, it's mine. You can't have it. Deal with it. (laughs) It's been two years. You haven't noticed it's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't care for it that much, apparently. But in terms of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, to try and get back to to that, uh, Mm -hmm. I'd get some discussion out of it. Uh, Pretty interesting cast that were involved in it. Michael Sarah was our lead. um, And... I, I don't know if it was. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to look up how old he was at the time he made this film, because all I'm thinking is that dude's voice is just so, like, high pitched throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it might be put on though. Yeah, I'm thinking that, but like, it it was almost like you know that kind of high pitched voice that you hear that you're just like, why are they speaking like that? Could they please stop? <laughs> Well, it was filmed just after he was in he was in Arrested Development, so whatever age he was in Arrested Development. He, he felt really young in Arrested Development, but he didn't yeah. feel that young in Scott Pilgrim, I have to say. But you know, Knives, like his his underaged girlfriend, and yeah. is actually three years older than him. That makes sense. What? Yeah. So, Knives, and this is the thing, Anna Kendrick plays his younger sister, but she's actually older than Michael Sarah. Okay. And Knives, who plays his, like, 15-year-old girlfriend, is actually three years older than him. Oh, dear. Logic yeah. has gone out the window here. Exactly. That's what I think age casting is so funny, because some people yeah. are just mental, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when they cast, uh, what's her face, Shirley Henderson in Harry Potter as Moaning Myrtle. Uh-huh. When she what, was like forty at the time or something. Wasn't yeah, it? but yeah. she she looks so young though. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you look at all the other cast members' ages, and then you see her age, and it's just like bit, bit of a jump. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's casting that worked perfectly, and you look at who they have in the film. So Michael Sarah, of course, was the lead. You had Mary Elizabeth Winstead who played Ramona, uh, Jason Schwartzman who played Gideon. And uh, like we mentioned there a moment ago, um, Ellen Wong had played Knives, and probably the, the the two cast members that people would talk about nowadays for a different set of films, um, Brie Larson and Chris Evans. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, back in the day when um, Brie Larson was the girlfriend that ruins Scott Pilgrim's life and he's better and hotter in this film no offense <laughs> also Michael Sear was 22 when he filmed Scott Pilgrim I just googled it interesting but he was fif- he was 15 when he first was in Arrested Development wow mm-hmm. so that's obviously why he's so young because he's 15 it's so, it's so funny because he's so like he's typecast as the most unconfrontational person ever yeah in a kung fu film <laughs> Yeah, and you're just like it's it's totally it's like almost out of his depth, but he does it really well. And I think because he's so everyone sees him as this like awkward gangly guy. Yeah, he can definitely like, play like play up the opposites. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he had quite good uh, opponents to go against. Um, the story, of course, being that in order to win the heart of Ramona, he must face the. <laughs> the League of Evil Exes, <laughs> which was the <laughs> that like I was thinking, okay, they'll give him some kind of challenge to go through, and then I hear League of Evil Exes, and I'm just like, <laughs> what kind of mucked up Assassin's Creed shit have we gotten into here? Like, I mean, <laughs> so he goes through these exes who he has to defeat, including at one point Chris Evans being a skateboard actor guy who is the most anti-Captain America he has ever been for some time. Mm-hmm. Like, if you thought he Are was a jackass... and a better was, role? Yeah. Like, if, if you thought he was a jackass and Knives Out, watch this. That's the best way mm-hmm. I can describe it. Um, and then Brie Larson, who played the girlfriend that ruined Scott's life, uh, she also got a song out of this movie as well, which... Interesting fact, it was only in the last year that it became available to stream. Yeah, it like hit the charts like last week, didn't it? I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the lasting power of the of movies like this. Yeah, it's like a cult, a cult favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like 
there's always going to be there's movies in each year almost where it maybe didn't do too well, but then it amasses this big cult following later on down the line. Mm-hmm. It's always fascinating whenever that happens. So this is another one that you can easily put into that category. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose we have to mention as well the uh, the mix of styles this film has, because it's not just a straightforward cult. Um, <laughs> Very good now. Um, it, there's like an interesting mix of styles in this film as well because it goes. There's a lot of um, a lot of comic book elements like relating back to the original sort of comic world that the film was in. Even some bits are stylized like films, uh, not films, not films. Like they're stylized like comics. But I think probably the best part, and I, I think you guys will agree as well, the fight sequences. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because like, they're so like fast paced, but also fun and also like funny. Like they're so comedic. It's not like an action film where they're just hitting each other. It's like they're like throwing witty, sarcastic comebacks while they hit each other. I mean, it's double comic superhero fights, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say were your favourites for each of you? Uh, I'll come to Aaron first. Uh, oh God, that's hard because they're like they're all. Um... I mean, like, as bear in mind, there was like there was even one fight that wasn't really Scott's fight; it was Ramona's. Probably, uh, oh. I mean, I quite like just anyone that uh, Chris Evans popped his head up in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> works for me. And, yeah. and skateboarded himself into oblivion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what was sex bomb? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's the bad thing. Sex bomb. <laughs> Sex bomb. Sex bomb. It's like, guys, I am so impressed with the sex bomb. It's sex bomb. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish I was a sex bomb. You know, you can get their songs on Spotify. No. You can. I've got it on a playlist. Oh, I better bloody get that. I must must confirm this. I need to know. It's a thing that we must know now. Yeah, you can get it on Spotify and Garbage Truck is my favourite one. Yep, I, I can confirm I found it. Yep, it's here. Yep. <laughs> Got it on a playlist. I've gone straight to my playlist. But also, Black Sheep, the like the the main song, you know, the one that uh, the Brie Larson one that she sings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't get that on Spotify, so you just have to listen to it on YouTube. But there's a video on YouTube that they do a cut of clips from the film to the song, and it's right. insane. And Brie Larson is so sexy in it. Like, she's so sexy. So that clip with the blonde hair and the bangs, I die. Yeah. Like, she's certainly, certainly probably like the best option for casting for that role that she did a fantastic job in it yeah it was interesting just like from a superhero film standpoint because i'm like quite a good like marvel and dc fan so it was a bit weird seeing captain america captain marvel and superman in one movie yeah because you've got like what was that sorry there no that's it like yeah never mind (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think as well now because you had um, obviously More Chris Evans and the Roxy Richer one was pretty good yeah yeah I was actually going to say the first time that Roxy and Scott meet and she goes you punched me in the boob that's my favourite line <laughs> that's my favourite fight, fight where they, it's not even a fight they just meet for the first time and he goes you're a girl? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then it's just that and that the best part is just the bit he clocks on to when um like Ramona's referring to exes rather than ex boyfriends. Yeah, and it's just yeah, that moment yeah, yeah. where it just goes the emphasis. Wait. <laughs> it's like the best way I can compare it. Do you remember when uh, Joey realised who the father of Rachel's baby is. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, eh. <laughs> he's just sat there smiling. 
the eyes widen and he's just like, oh my god! But she's had a she's had a colourful bloody path, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean not that colourful, but <laughs> it could be better. <laughs> but I'll take the one girl oh, yeah. and, and Brie Larson in those boots any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. But also speaking of like superheroes, Mary Elizabeth Winstead also plays the Huntress in Harley Quinn. Oh, so yeah. she also then goes on to play well, she's not like she's like an anti hero, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's so hot in that film too. It's the only it's like one of the only big films she's done apart from that. It's one of those films that has everyone in it that you forget. Yeah. Well I didn't forget. No, never. But it's like uh, someone like me who hasn't watched it 20 bajillion times when you go back and watch it again yeah yeah i forgot that yeah. chris evans was in it and you forget that uh-huh you forget that people, people are famous famous things. yeah yeah i mean she's she's done pretty good i mean she's got like uh, the films that she's done as you mentioned like she was huntress and birds of prey yeah. she was in this uh I think she was also she also appeared in Die Hard films as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she did. But to be honest, her three defining glories are Scott Pilgrim, Harley Quinn, and Sky High. Oh, the rest cool. of it doesn't matter because she was in Sky High, and like I Sky think that was some fucking all. Oh, why haven't we done that, David? David, <laughs> put Sky High on the list. And oh, she's God. she's so hot in Sky High as well. Yeah, she's like evil anti-hero. Do you know what? To be honest, she plays. She actually is a bit typecast, to be honest, because in all of them she plays someone that seems really nice, or is evil, or is evil and seems really nice. Yeah, you know, because I actually, the more you watch it, you you learn that you don't actually like Ramona. Like you first watch the film and you're like, oh my god, she's so cool. I want to be her. I want to be with her. She's so interesting. She dyes her hair. She's super cool. She's super mysterious. And then you you the more you watch it, you're like, she's so up her own arse and she's pure like boring. And you just want Kim and Knives to get together and that be the end of the film. So. But at the start, she's an interesting character. Yeah, it's one of those ones that, as you watch it, like perspective, perspectives will change as more watches yeah. like come in for it. But she, like, I mean, like on that first, I'll admit from the watch that I had, I, I don't know, like, I think it was more just obviously that the having the whole seven nutty X's would make anyone. You know, possibly a bit standoffish in terms of like wanting to be open to someone, mm-hmm. but I think at times she comes across too standoffish. Like even in some of the bits where she's being a bit more kind of open with Scott, it still felt very much like that to me. I don't know what about, what did you guys think? Yeah, but I think that's again part of her like character arc because she's meant mm. to be like American and cold. And they're all Canadian and nice. Oh, yeah. You know? The classic stereotypes. Yeah. Which is the whole thing. And she's she's meant to be, like, cool and mysterious because she's from New York. Yeah. And everyone in Canada's, like, super, super nice. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Also, side note, I've just just seen here, she's she's Ewan McGregor's missus. Is she? Surely not. But Ewan, Ewan McGregor's in Harley Quinn. Yeah, oh yeah, God. he plays Black Mask. Yeah, you just go side by side. That's quite cute. That's a that's a um, it'll come to me. The Quiet Place, the duo that do that. Um, Emily and Jim. From yeah, York. yeah, that's it. Them. Yeah, couple uh, goals. Couple goals. Uh, it says here they met on the set of Fargo. Oh, what an interesting film to meet on. That's nice though, Ewan McGregor. So she's yes. into so she's into Scottish people. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. <laughs> you're in, you're I'm in in there. <laughs> Just yeah. a lot of people now with a lot of hope. <laughs> yes. Did uh, you know that Michael Sarah was the only person that they had in mind for the role of Scott Pilgrim? And if Edgar Wright didn't get him, he wouldn't have made the film. Seriously? Yeah. Jeez. I know a lot I know a lot of facts about this film because of TikTok, because I was on Scott Pilgrim TikTok for a couple of days. Oh, when I watched it a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, and then also did Edgar Wright 
gave all of the characters 10 secret facts about their character before they started filming. So they, when they were acting, they could know 10 secret things about themselves. So it's almost to, like, like a very George Lucas kind of thing. Like, yeah, here's, a, here's some purely. facts about your character. I'm, I'm just putting extra. No, you have a name. Okay. Yeah, that's like that's what it was like. I mean, I, if if someone handed me that list and just went, so you've got ten facts about yourself, that that would be my first thought. Is just, but, but I'm in the background. <laughs> like, why do you want me to know this? Sure. So you need to know. Mm-hmm. I do like. Since we're at, obviously we've mentioned like the favorite battles and stuff, is there any particular, uh, any particular moments from the film that we quite liked? The hair dyeing sequence with knives, a hundred percent. It's iconic on TikTok. It was iconic ten years ago when I first watched it because it's so funny. Because it is like it's not only is it funny because it's like a cool wee sequence, but it's also like you can relate to it so much. Like the boy she likes. Is patching her for a cooler, older girl, and she's like, "I'm gonna dye my hair. I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna get a boyfriend." And it's purely like you're like, you want her to win, you want her to win, but then at the same time, you're like, Scott's an idiot, so really, you're better off without him. And then a bit later on, was just like he knocked the hair dye out of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like that is like Falcon Punch level territory. If that's mm. what it's able to do. Uh, right, what about yourself, Erin? What What was your favourite moment from the whole movie? Probably the punch in the boob bit. I'm with that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, a hair dye compilation and punch mm-hmm. in the boob. Uh, also, also the bit where Kim goes, where they're at the battle of the bands, and Kim realises that the other band ha- has a girl drummer, and she's like, they have a girl drummer. <laughs> <laughs> toxic femininity of all. Yeah, and then and then she's like, right, Kim, start playing. She goes, we are sex, ma'am, 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 and then you go straight into playing garbage truck, which you can get on Spotify. Nice plug for that. I quite like how you just like threw that That's in there. Good. That was good. Yeah. I want to take you for a ride in my garbage truck, 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 truck. That's it. <laughs> I like, the bit, I like the bit where they're like jamming earlier on and he's just like, dude, you were playing one note. Yeah, it sounded the same. More importantly, why did they continue with the whole song if he was just playing the one note? <laughs> why would they not? I know. It's just the you know, jamming sessions are all about trying stuff. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> ah, me true, yeah. That's a, that's a fair point, I suppose. I'd say probably my favourite moment was the the bit where Chris Evans is uh, his character is skating down the, the rails and it keeps cutting back to Scott going, Wow. But <laughs> it just cuts to dead silence other than just wow. Um. Back to the big like tense in the music yeah. and the noise. Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, Auntie Owen Wilson. What was that there, sorry? Hey, Auntie Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, it's, it's not even like. I mean, the only way they could have made that weirder would have just been if all of a sudden it cuts back and it's Keanu Reeves instead. Just whoa. whoa. <laughs> Do you know? I'm I'm looking through the cast here, and it's actually quite star-studded. Most of these people are are really famous now. Mm-hmm. Like looking at people in um, uh, Alison Pill, she's currently got one of the main cast rules in Star Trek Picard. Yeah. And then Anna Kendrick, obviously. Brie Larson, obviously. Yep. Obviously. Whitman. Uh, Kieran Culkin, I hear his family does pretty well. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, Brandon Roth, he recently got to like have the Superman story that I think he was owed all these years. Yep. And and also, um, I'm seeing the name here. Bill Hader was in there as the uh, the the video game voice. Yeah, and he's always he's always been famous. So we'll let him have that. Yeah, like he's just like, oh, I can have that. Thank you very much. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, it was very good. I mean, for my first time viewing it, it was unique, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> like I. 
I'll be honest, like I, I don't I didn't know anything about the film going into it. The only thing I knew was that my fiance watched it and thought it and thought and thinks it's a really good movie. And that was as much as I knew about it coming into this. And then I watched it and I came out the other side just like that that was an experience. It's <laughs> a good watch. And like Erin said, it's super fast paced, so there's not a moment where you get bored because by the time you know a character you've already moved on to another person and then by the time you, you've met that person, they're fighting. And then by the yeah. time they're fighting, they're arguing. And, you know, it moves so quick, but it's also so nice to look at as well. It's so bright exactly. and, like, smooth feeling. Like a chaotic calm. Yeah. And everything is so, like, comic. It's like, like, words are spelled out on the screen and it's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good film to watch when you know what you're getting into, I think. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's not going to be too heavy. It's funny. Yeah. It's, like, cookie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but even just, like, even, like, now as we're discussing it, we're having a good laugh, like, talking about it. So yeah. it definitely worked, like, despite what the box office may have thought about it. Yeah, and I don't know why the box office like that, because obviously it was a long time ago, 2010. That was like when I was in like first year high school. So I obviously didn't go see it in the cinema. But it, I, may, I think it's probably just because it was Edgar Wright's first American film. Mm. Yeah. It probably didn't get a big, big write-up, to be honest. I see. I think it's a good one to watch with people, this one. Yeah. Definitely. It's like a sort of, oh, there's so many drinking games you can play watching it. I've done that oh, before. That would be good, actually, yeah. yeah. Right, give it's an like, example of a drinking game. What would you have It's like a drinking take, game for? Take a shot every single time an ex comes on screen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and we're dead. Exactly. So what would you do when she shots? gives the note over to him with a number? <laughs> Just take it, start taking more shots. Just like, oh, the seven exes are on screen, down in one. Yeah, and then it's like I think it's something like finish your drink every single time there's a song like played by the band and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. I would, yeah, I would definitely probably shit faced by the end of the film. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> probably not even at the end. Yeah, halfway through, halfway through, Stephen. I mean, just that's what you do when you watch the film like that, yeah. and particularly with a drinking game, it'll get very messy like that. Um, I suppose it's a good thing we were, we were talking about box office there because I want to bring up something that's happened fairly recently uh, regarding box office and a, a, another superhero movie. So, mm-hmm. as many people will be aware, uh, in the the last week, uh, Black Widow has premiered at last. It no spoilers, out. I've not seen it yet. No spoilers are going to be heard here, but we do have the opening weekend figures from Disney. So here's a very interesting point here. So uh, it made $80 million in the domestic box office, $78 million in the international box office, and over $60 million through Disney Plus Premier Access. And she didn't even go to the Premier... That's true. I have, I, have <laughs> seen, I have seen things of potentially why. Why? Why? For why? Uh, it's, it appears she may be pregnant. Oh, I thought she maybe had COVID. Yeah, uh, or just to because of COVID. Oh, yeah, or like, yeah. yeah. But there's, there's reports now going around potentially it's because she's pregnant, so... Oh, that's nice then. That's nice. Yeah, if, if that is if that is indeed the case, then congrats, Scarlett Johansson. You'd certainly very. Yeah, you'd have I mean, to be honest, husband. she pro- she probably wrapped up filming this and went, "Well, that's it done." She was like, "I've been waiting ten years for this film. I've made it. Now it's time to settle down." That's what I would do. Wrapped up filming it bloody ages ago, and they just kept yeah pushing it back. She probably just like held off, just like uh, they probably for a probably like, stopped filming it nine months ago. In. Hey. Just like, how did you celebrate the end of filming? Uh, got knocked up. Uh, sorry, I just need to stop. Like, hang on, right? Okay, here's the milk. Okay, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's very interesting to see that. That obviously there was a lot of talk about how premiering a movie on Disney Plus would affect the the figures in the box office and. It's near enough made 
close to the same. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely up there with the box office figures, both international and domestic. That is huge. Oh, absolutely. I think it makes sense. Yeah. But also, yeah, it completely makes sense because not only is the p- pandemic not over, the cinema prices, well, David says they've gone down, but I've noticed that most prices, like ticket prices, have gone up. Obviously, because they're trying to make back money. Oh, God. Mm. But Cineworld is nine ninety nine standard, when before it used to be like seven ninety nine. So it's like... But, yeah, I bought it. So there was 20 quid and there was four of us watching it. Yeah, so that's five cheaper than cinema. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, now I've got it forever. Like, when, when I buy it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It'll, be on, like, it'll be on Disney Plus in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure, like, without having to pay for anything. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like, there's also thinking about parents. Like, it's kids are going to go and watch that as a Marvel movie. Yeah. What's easier, having, like, three kids at home in your house watching a film or trying to drag them all to a cinema. Exactly, because you take the cinema, then it's the drinks, then it's the snacks. You're talking about, like, for three kids and exactly. an adult, it's going to be, like, £60. Pounds. Whereas if you just watch it in your house, £20 for the film, £5 for snacks, leave the kids alone, go get some new time. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it, it works well for that. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not slagging off cinemas because I go to the cinema all the time. I love the cinema. I will keep the industry going myself with my own, <laughs> my own money. <laughs> Me going to see Freaky three times in a row. Hey. But anyway. <laughs> but um, I do, like, I completely understand why it's almost the same, like, money they've made from it because there's so many reasons, there's so many more reasons not to go to the cinema than there is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think I that's think what it comes down to. Going to the cinema yet, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so I'll ask this because I'm not familiar with the whole premiere access thing. So you were saying you you bought it once and that's you got it just for good now. Yeah. So it's just uh, you pay for Disney Plus as you do like Netflix. Mm. Um, and a similar thing happened. I think it was the Mulan release. Um, yeah. Buy the film. It's, it's pretty much and like, Cruella. Yeah. You buy it on just the server server and it's the same as like just buying something on like Amazon Prime video. That's what I was going to say. It's oh. like pay, paying monthly for Amazon Prime, but then you want to watch something that isn't on Prime, so you pay for it, but then it's yours forever. You can yeah. like download it, access it on different devices, etc. Yeah, it's Because like all the Lord of the Rings films aren't on Amazon Prime, so I bought them all. But I can watch them whenever I want, wherever I want. And Whereas like if you can rent it for two fifty or you can buy it for three pounds. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. why would you because if you rent it you only get it for forty eight hours and then you'd have to if you you'd have to pay that yeah. again. Exactly. Like to to be fair, in terms of the Lord of the Rings thing, I know a guy who uh a while back when they put the extended cuts in the cinema, he went and saw all three in one day. Bloody hell. I'm not saying I haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, t- to be fair, the closest I've, I've known to that is uh, I went to the triple bill of the last Star Wars trilogy. So did I. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the midnight showing. All in yeah. the one go. Yeah. That was that was a long night. <laughs> I fell asleep. I, I, I strategically planned a nap in the middle because I, was, I wasn't going to make it to the end because the first time I went to see a Star Wars middle sh- midnight showing, they showed the film before first and then at midnight played the new one and when it got to midnight I was asleep and I missed the whole of the new film even though I'd paid £30 to go to the midnight show so so from now on I go to the midnight show but I nap during the first film because you need to just like you need to have that stamina if you want to see the new one strategic that's all it is yeah Mm. tactical nap yeah like I always laugh because normally like she'll bar me for saying this but Normally, my missus will be very kind of, you know, when it gets to the later hours, it's like, you know, oh, I'm in a cozy spot. That's me, you know, gone near enough. But she was like, she was starting to kind of get like that through Last Jedi when we watched it at the, the Triple Bell. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think it was the moment that the Emperor raises the the Final Order fleet out of the ground and she damn near leapt out of her seat. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah, you need something to keep you awake. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was great to do that. I mean, I don't know if I could do the full like 
10 hour shift or whatever that was again but you know I'll, I'll, I'll at least consider it I suppose yeah I think three is too many two films in one day is doable I've done, I've done that lots with friends like going to see a film in the morning going for lunch then going to see another film but see you just doing it in a block not it's not for me yeah because um, it's pure like cringy having to get up and go to the toilet like in the middle of the film like fair enough in your own house you can pause it and go and pee whenever you want but if you're having to get up and go to the toilet it's like sorry 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 and you're like right in the middle of a battle scene you're like i'm gonna piss myself so <laughs> i need to go i just laugh at like there'll be people who've gone in they maybe haven't seen that film for the first time and then some guy just walks by to the toilet just goes nothing happens in this scene i'll be back for the next one <laughs> exactly you need to plan it exactly plan it strategically always fall asleep in the middle of the film because it's when the least amount of things happen yeah like it's it's a it's a strategy that works i mean i think my mum actually used the same one because she took my brother to the original trilogy like uh-huh. a, a full triple bill of that years ago and even she hated it <laughs> yeah. you need to yeah, you need to be really committed for that Mm-hmm. And there's not many things I'm willing to do it for. Maybe if they did a triple bill of High School Musical, I'd be down. Because then that would only, that would barely be four hours. I bet they're like an hour and ten <laughs> minutes long. And then you just look at like the runtime of like the the because the third the third movie was actually a cinematic release one, wasn't it? I think they all were. No, maybe not. Nah, nah, just the third. You're right. You're right. Because I remember it being a big deal that it came out in the cinema. The last one. Yeah, because like probably that'll be the the one that was the longest of the bunch. Uh, yeah. Looking at this, yeah, two hours for the third one. Oh my god! All of them combined, probably about the same runtime as the last extended edition Return of the King Lord of the Rings film. <laughs> because the extended the extended edition Lord of the Rings films are minimum four hours long. Pretty sure the mm. last one's like four hours forty minutes. So yeah, let's let's see an, an hour and thirty eight for High School Musical one, an hour and fifty one for High School Musical two. And two hours for High School Musical three. Yeah, so we're talking like a nice easy six hours with ads. Yeah, so probably it'll do you at least maybe, I'd say maybe the extended cut of two hours perhaps. Yeah, probably. You know, just, just just like you have your options, you can weigh them up whatever you fancy. Yeah. Go for it, I suppose. Uh, or wait, go for it. or um. How many episodes of Pretty Little Liars would that be? Because they're forty-five minutes each, and then you have forty-five, and then after you watch three, you get one for free. <laughs> so it'd be uh, five. It'd be it would be one seven. <laughs> no, that's the way we, me and my sisters used to do it. Because the thing is, you think, oh, it's like forty-five minutes. If you watch four of them, it'll take four hours, but it won't because it's only forty-five minutes. So after you, if you watch three, you it's actually yeah. you get one for free. So it's three hours to watch four of them. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Or you could watch eight episodes of Pretty Little Liars in six hours. She's got it sorted. That's she like definitely almost does. a season. That's almost a season. I mean, the most that I plan out stuff would just be like, you know, how, how many episodes of Friends can I get through in one sitting? Ah, uh, you don't want to bother with that. Mind numbing. <laughs> Controversial. Maybe if I was getting some some strong dental work done, I would just watch Friends. Yeah, it's not my vibe either. It's funny on the first watch, but I just I, don't understand the rep- Yeah, I've never been to that funny. I do actually have a funny story about Friends. So one of my friends was getting um, some dental work done. <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, uh, like, jet, like, funny, when you mentioned dental stuff, and I'm like, oh, I've got the story for this one. So he got, um, I think he got like his top uh, set of teeth sorted out. So he put up a photo just like, I've got my teeth done. And they looked, you know, nice nice and pristine, very white. And it just so happened that we were watching the episode of Friends where Ross, in an attempt to press a date, gets his teeth done, but to the point where his teeth show up in UV light. Oh my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a scene in the episode where he's in this lassie's flat she it turns out she has a black light, so his teeth show up like no one else's business. And she just goes, Oh my god. And he's like, Huh, oh, you, you can see them, right? Yes. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I got them done to impress you. What's up with you? And then he just goes, What's up with me? What's up with you? You've got a black light, it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> black lights scare me. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to see anything under a black light. Take the hotel room with you? No, like that's what I mean, Erin. I don't want to see a bus. I don't want to see a train <laughs> under a black light. I don't want to see the carpet in my rented flat under a black light. I don't yeah, want to see anything. The carpet's brown, right? And it's like a really ugly shade of brown. And me and Tony, my flatmate, have this theory that it's actually white. And no. it's just that colour. No. So w- when we when we eventually leave, we're going to get a rug doctor, like the strongest carpet cleaning machine you can get, mm-hmm. and clean it. And if it's white underneath, we're going to say, use us money. Like, you owe us emotional money. <laughs> refund money on this. Because we've been walking about on this carpet that was literally brown. Yep. But yep. yeah, it's like yeah. a tan colour. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh no! I that, uh, no no. Mm-hmm. I I would I I'd probably just die seeing that. It's like when you have you watched um, you know, like those like hotel inspector episodes, yeah, oh God, and they yeah. do the black light in the hotel rooms, and you're just like, manky gets. Yeah, just so, put, that, put a jelly bean in your pillowcase and see if they change it. <laughs> Just like you come back a year later, just like, oh, still there. Still there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this room now. Like, you sure you want to stay here? Se- seriously, the, the, the jelly baby you put in there is still there. We saved it for you. <laughs> we knew you'd come back and book with us again. So please enjoy this complimentary jelly baby. Do you recognize it? Yes, it's yours. <laughs> Hotel service that no one ever wants to hear. And yeah. on the and on that property very... jelly baby. <laughs> <laughs> Having to phone you. Hi, sorry you left your jelly baby. We're gonna post it to you. <laughs> it's like the, it's like one time I heard on what was it on Mott Week, it was like things you wouldn't hear over a tannoy, and it was um would the parents of the child who fell into the tiger enclosure please drop by lost property to pick up their shoes? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's i mean it's it's like that i mean hell i had to do i had to do a voiceover on the tannoy at my work one time we did a little game for the like we did a game for the customers who were like in the, the shop at this point and mm-hmm. so we did a little game which was uh we pick a a tell that was being that serving people out of a hat and whoever was being served at that point got like a free you know gift from us Nice. Like something nice. And they said, Daniel, can you do a, a voiceover like just to advertise it on the tannoy? And I'm like, okay, what voice do you want? And they're like, um, what one do you think's best? And I'm just like, I, I might have one voice in the back pocket that could work. Uh, mm. it's, a, it's a somewhat okay impression of a kind of voiceover that I've heard on the TV. They're like, okay, go for it. And all everyone's hearing is this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's <laughs> checkout bingo. <laughs> I love doing the tannoys at work. It's my favourite part of my day, and it's it's, it's now my assigned job. Right, nice. Yeah, because you see those TikToks of people that work in Tesco. I work in Morrison, yeah. by the way. I'm a manager in Morrison, but of people working in Tesco, well, like have you seen like that whole drama? Like they were gonna fire that guy because he was taking the mic. I actually get to do that. And it's great. Uh, I'm like, me and Ruth always have a competition to see who can do the funniest one. And we're always like, right, yeah, like my favorite one to do was completely deadpan. Thank you for shopping at Morrison's. The shop is now closed. Please make your way to the checkouts and leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday, we shot at eight, no, at seven, and people think we shot at eight because all the other Morrisons in the area shot at eight uh, on a Sunday, and usually the shop starts at 10. So everyone is like around at seven doing their shopping as if we're not shut. So then I have to go down and personally say to everyone, Yeah, guys, we're shut. You need to go down and check it. You've got five minutes. We're shut, and you need to go down and check it. And then you do three tannoys one at quarter two, one at 10 to, one at five to. And then on the hour when everyone's still in the shop because they're all idiots, you have to go. Please leave. We are shut. <laughs> Get out. We're no longer serving you because at that point your cashiers have all clocked out, and I'm not serving people after we've shut. So it's like the episode of Superstore where the, there's a blizzard that sides and uh, Glenn just goes, 
Yeah, Corporate have told us we need to stay here. <laughs> we can't leave. And it's just like, you get Garrett on the tower just going, Hey, people, hey, shoppers, it's closing time. But I don't think you realized it, because closing time was an hour ago. We'd like to go home. <laughs> that is me on a Sunday. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had that pain before as well. Like, I'm another Morrison's guy, so I've, I, oh, I know how exactly. Yeah, I'm in like four hours and that's me. I'm gone. Yeah, you just do like a 7-11. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, everyone's like, Daniel, you still work here? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, see, I do. I mainly do earlies. So I do like a, a half six, half 12. And mm. I'm best friends with Ke- Louise, who's our cash office lady, because we just spend all morning together counting tills and putting change away. Louise Denny. Yeah, do you know Louise? Went to school with her. Oh my god! Yeah, she's my best thing. Yeah. Nah, but yeah, like, she's my cash office lady. I uh, like, I've, like, I've, I think I was, I was checkouts until shit happened during the pandemic, and then they were like, "Oh, uh, we need someone in the cash office." One of the girls is going to maternity. I'm like, "I'll do it." Yeah, you have to be good at math, though, and I'm really not. I've, I've got an ad machine up there. It's fine. <laughs> 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 I, like, I. I just pretend it, it works. But yeah, yeah, David, feel free to edit this bit out. <laughs> no, no, nah. Well, uh, David, please actually edit it out because I don't want, no offence, people that listen to this podcast to know where I work. Yeah, <laughs> We've got like, some crazy fans. Yeah, I don't edit, want any stalkers. Edit the last five minutes, we're fine. Um, yeah. But... But yeah, on the, on the lovely note of uh, garbage trucks, uh, I think it's about time that the... Uh, the garbage trucks come and take me away because um, that's that's been me for my first uh, hosting duty on first time films. Goodness knows if David will have me back after this one. Well done, Daniel. Well done. Thank you. So Thank he's you. a hard act to follow, but I think he's currently pissed. Done well. I, so. I mean, I, I mean, I did well enough replacing him on Suplex retweet. So you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've managed so far. I mean, heck, I still I took a show off him now, like. He hosted yeah. Book It, now I host Book It. It all comes together. But yes, that has been uh, us here on First Time Films discussing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I would like to thank uh, my cohorts for this one today, so a thank you to Erin. No problem. Thank you for having me. And a thank you to AJ. No problem. Anytime. You uh, want thank me to sing? It's great. And <laughs> That's been, uh, and I've been Daniel. Thank you for listening to First Time Films and singing us out with Garbage Chuck. It's AJ. <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> I'll take you for a ride on my garbage truck. <laughs> I'll take you to the dump because you're my queen. Just feed it out. Feed it out. Feed it out. Feed it out.